everyone. Good morning and welcome to the new media show. Of course, my name is Todd Cochran and we are without Rob uh, first go here. He uh, <laughs> he texts me, says I'm rebooting my computer and it's not coming up very quickly. So his exact words was crazy. And he just sent me a text said coming. So maybe he finally got it to dial in. But uh, we wanted to get the show started this morning. And of course, I want to welcome our guest today. And it's Dan Satcher from AudioBurst.com. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, Good glad, to be here. Glad to have you on. And you're out on the East Coast. And so we got all coast covered today. Well, when Rob shows up, we'll do. So uh, we'll have the East, West, and, and West, West <laughs> uh, truly covered. But Dan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and just uh, give everyone the, you know, kind of, for those that are not familiar with AudioBurst.com, just give them the kind of the quick 411 about the site and sure so uh my name is dan sacker i'm head of content partnerships for audio burst and audio burst is a relatively young company or a couple of years old um just in the past year i'd say in the last few months we've rolled out products that you can actually interact with online and, and play around with um but what audio burst does is it's a technology platform that listens to spoken word content it uh transcribes the content um, automatically, and then an AI layer reads that, reads that transcription and segments the audio content into what we call bursts, which are 30-second to two-minute clips, um, which are then wrapped in metadata and easily searchable, easily syndicatable. Um, the idea is really to get take audio and make it searchable in a way that it hasn't been before, hasn't been before and make it... Um, make it available to other platforms and devices and, and users that aren't turning on the radio or opening up a podcast app. You know, the, we, we feel like there's so much great audio content being created that just doesn't find its way into the ears of people who are eager to hear that content because a lot of times audio really requires, uh, you know, a, a mindset of, you know, like we said, turning on turning on a radio or opening up a podcast app and being in the mode of wanting to listen to something. Um, so the idea is to is to free up audio from its current kind of constraints or walled garden environments and make it more accessible to users, to, to platforms, to applications, to devices. Um, certainly, all the um, voice-enabled assistant type of devices are a big piece of this whole um, puzzle. But um, and it's it's pretty it's a pretty impressive technology, I have to say. I, I started working with AudioBurst about a year ago. And even in that year, you can see how much the AI has improved in its ability to really um, not just figure out what a piece of content is about, but clip it at the exact in and out point that is appropriate. So there's no human interaction whatsoever on this thing. So it just it just goes and does the the indexing or, or clipping, as you say, by itself then. Yeah, we've obviously a, a, a ton of humans who are giving the AI feedback. So we have a, we have a lot of people who are presenting back, um, you know, kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down. This is the right entry point. This is the right exit point. Um, you know, giving the, the AI some feedback on how well, how, how well it did and how good a job it, it does with the clipping and, and tagging. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, we're listening to, uh, 50 radio stations 24 7 and indexing about 100 podcasts a day 
Um, and maybe in that number, I may be low actually. We may, we, I think we've increased that number lately. So how does that actually, here comes Rob. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. We can hear you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Hey, hey, Rob, I'm just going to have to tease Hi, Rob. you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your Windows machine's jacked up, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's why you moved on from Windows, right? Yeah. Hey, we just, uh, Dan was just giving us the the kind of the lowdown on audio bursts and what they're doing. And he was talking about how they, uh, they do, um, they're doing about a hundred podcasts and like 50 some radio stations right now, 50, 57 radio stations that they're listening to 24 seven and, and then clipping. And then I guess they're doing transcripts for them too. Is that true, Dan? Is that how that, is that what it's the purpose of it is or, or mini transcripts? Um, the transcripts are really there only, you know, the transcriptions there so the AI can understand the content and mm. under and figure out how to properly index it and, and clip it. Um, it obviously also factors into its searchability. So we take clips and put them into our repository, Google, Bing, Yahoo, the search engine spider that content and the transcript that we make available to the search engines helps the audio content become surfaceable and, and, and show up in search results. Uh, but it's not it's not a consumer facing transcription service. That's not that's not what we do. Yeah. So I'm assuming then what you guys are doing and that content you're making that you're indexing and and clipping all that goes back to the source users uh, site, right? So this is an experience where people come to like my site and they find clips or indexes or stuff that they can share. Um, that's not being indexed and being Google. Uh, you know, you're not taking away SEO from from the content creators, are you? Or how, how does that interaction work? Well, so that's a lot of what I'm doing right now is working with content creators, you know, big and small, big radio conglomerates down to, you know, small podcasters and getting them, getting their content into our system. Um, you know, the, the way the system works, the only way the AI can actually divide, you know, slice up the content is by listening to it and of going course. through that whole process on our servers. Yeah, yeah, of course. But those clips, the idea is those clips become highlights and, and a and a way of for a way for people to sample podcasts and radio and make their way back to the original long form content. So does the does the clipping and every stuff go back to the original content creator or does it sit on audioburst.com where it's indexed by Google ganging page? The highlights the highlights sit on, on audio burst because that's oh. the only place they, they can. There's no, the, the audio that we're pulling is coming from an RSS, you know, we're, right. we're pulling from the RSS feeds. Um, certainly, you know, what we want to do is then make those clips available to content creators and use those clips as a way to drive more listenership to the long form, the full length experience. Yeah. I, you know, I guess, and Rob, you know, my stance on this, anything that drives, well, you know, I, I get real nervous when, you know, it, obviously we want our content to be syndicated and shared in the whole form, but I get real nervous when my content is, would be chopped up and, and put up on a site somewhere that it's not, especially if it's being indexed textually for Google, that's not pointing back at my site. Maybe that's just me, but I don't know. What do you well, I well, Todd, my understanding is that it's um, it's it's possible to um, get like a player embed that kind of stuff, 
And I think possibly where you're heading with this is um, it's something similar to what I, I think you guys did, Todd, with uh, Clamor, right? Yeah. Where you kind of built this technology to some degree or links to it or some relationship with with uh, the actual web players themselves somehow. Um, so there's some way that this can be linked up with the podcasters kind of overall kind of listening experience. Right. And I think some of this stuff is, is kind of, um, we just don't know yet. I mean, how this is going to play out, um, and how this content is going to be indexed and, and why, you know, honestly, and I think Dan, if you can talk about this with us too, is, uh, why do you guys think that snippets of content is something that's compelling for the listener? And I guess that's that's one of the challenges, I think, if I look back in, in time, right, and I look back at many companies that have, um, and I'm talking about, you know, over the last two decades of people and companies launching um, audio search platforms, and oftentimes they haven't worked uh, because listeners don't necessarily want to search in audio. Um, that's been my, that's been my observation. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, the AI part is what's really, really intriguing to me because then you're applying some intelligence behind this and you're able to maybe do some things that just regular audio search wasn't really all that great at doing, um, you know, of combining things together and maybe having a, a deeper integration with the hosting platforms for this content. Um, helping people kind of discover things, but what's your perspective on, you know, why a listener uh, would get value out of doing this? Is there something that you guys have done research to, to find, you know, what the rationales, you know, maybe even beyond what uh, sampling might do. And I think that's one of the angles that I got from you when I talked to you was the sampling part, um, especially as shows, do more like pre-roll insertions and things like that where sampling is a little bit of a challenge. Um, and I think, you know, though I do think that pre-roll ad insertions uh, is kind of something that's going to fade away, but I mean, how important is sampling to your overall strategy of, of getting listeners to actually adopt and use audio search? So I guess, uh, you know, a couple things I'd say is uh, one is, you know, I think the, and this is, goes back to our conversation. I think audio search tools have failed because um, it's the the whole idea of people wanting to do a search on audio is is kind of like a it's a, as a starting point is a failed idea. Um, what we're trying to do is to bring audio into the mix with text and video and all the other types of content you you can search yeah. for online. So, you know, the, the, it's not so much that people want to search audio; it's that people are interested in hearing the latest on you know the trump presidency there's a ton of audio content being created every day on podcasts and our radio that is very relevant and sometimes in, in in many ways you know even more up to the minute on a story that is you know that is constantly changing on an hourly basis right so yeah. when people are making those searches and looking for content audio is not factoring into the the result set that they're getting um, what we what we're trying to do is is kind of even the playing field and bring audio into that same decision set that people might get when they're searching for a topic. And that might be something that's highly topical, that's changing, like I said, minute by minute, or it can be something highly niche oriented that even more so, you know, people are having a hard time finding when it comes to, uh, 
to doing kind of a generalized search because the audio results are not coming up and your kind of, you know, really niche interest podcast is not going to factor into those results. So I think that's, that's one thing. I mean, the other thing in terms, I'd, I'd say specific in terms of when you talk about snippets and highlights, um, and a little bit to Todd's point, I think, you know, people who are fans of new media show know the show and are going to come to the full show. I don't think a snippet version is going to be satisfying to them. Um, there are a ton of people who do not know the show and will not find out about the show are not going to make the plunge to, to listen to an, an hour long podcast. Um, but I think the ability to sample and listen to snippets, um, or, you know, Hap, you know, by happenstance, come across a specific topic that you guys are discussing on this show that coincides with their interests. Suddenly, presents a new opportunity to bring a new fan in. Right? You have a, you discuss a topic. Um, our, our AI, our smart agent, is what is what is basically trying to do is find people's interests and the content that's being created and match them up together. So, um, you know, if we do this right, we're finding people who aren't current listeners to your show, aren't current fans but mm -hmm. are kind of late or out there who, who should be and just aren't familiar with your, your content. And again, I think the format of, of radio and podcasting makes it difficult to, to kind of, you have to really jump in on the deep end. You know, there's no kind of mm -hmm. getting your toe in, there's no wading in through the, through the shallow end. You kind of have to be in it or not in it. And, um, and I think technology is going to bridge that gap in some way. I think Audio Burst is the solution that will make that happen. And but if it's not Audio Burst, something else will come along because this is the, the truth is there's just too much great audio content being created and not enough of a means for people who have similar interests to what's being talked about to match up. Okay. Yeah, Todd, I I was thinking about this too. I think what we're getting into is kind of an area of, of uh, psychology of, of the listener and what drives the listener to listen to any of our shows. And, and I think we've been out there saying for, you know, many years that this is a word of mouth sharing mm -hmm. medium. Right. Yeah. Um, but as you think about what he just said and you think about what the, what the potential is of maybe, people discovering our show based on topics and based on some, you know, a compatibility of interest. Um, there, there probably is something there that may help take the medium beyond just what the, the word of mouth sharing is like, like your friend telling you that go check out this podcast because it, it talks about, you know, an area that you have an interest in. Um, maybe we do show up in the search results as talking about a topic that's relevant to a particular, a particular person, but then I guess it isn't so much audio search at that point. It's more you know, linked up with keyword search, right? Which is what everybody does. And 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 I also saw something on LinkedIn. Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about how how these smart speaker platforms are going to become, or already are starting to become, the the new search engine, right? So I guess audio is going to maybe take front and center here uh, as a is a pathway to discover all forms of kinds of content. So maybe he's onto something here, Todd. I don't know. I hope so. You know, the, yeah. the, you know, having tested every single, and I'm, you know, I'm just generalizing here, <laughs> having tested every, well, not generalizing, having tested every automated system that translates audio um, automatically, it's, it's really bad. You know, it's got like less than maybe, you know, 60, 70% accuracy rate. So 
how do you guys deal with that? Because if you, if this is doing this automatically, the, the actual being able to get the correct transcription for the software to make these decisions and where it's going to clip is critical. If it doesn't get the audio transcript, right, it's going to be, you know, junk out to, you know, junk in junk out, I guess is the better word, but, now, how are you guys dealing with that? So, yeah, I, well, I, I, our, accuracy, our accuracy rate, I'd put more in the 85 to 90% range. That's pretty good. Um, the truth is the AI doesn't need 100%. It's not, it's not looking at it the way a person does, right? So it's, it's trying to get the gist of things. And it has a couple – It's again, it's, it's thinking of it you know, in, in a kind of um, – when you go back to this kind of uh, neural network kind of mindset – it's not. Um, it's not just looking at the text. So it's looking at the text. It's seeing certain terms, and based on its knowledge of what's going on in the world and its knowledge of you know spidering the internet in, at large, it can take certain topics and and realize and and kind of correct the transcription essentially and say, okay, well, actually, this name, you know, the the you know, this is. Um, you know, Dan Sacker, S-A-C-H-E-R, not Dan Sacker, S-A-C-H-A-R, because he's talking about audio bursts. And I know based on, you know, the Dan Sackers out in the world that he works with audio bursts. So it's doing, it's kind of doing a, the AI is smarter than the transcription itself. So what it's really looking to do is figure out proper names and certain terms and create and reference them against word clouds that it has in its system. So it knows that, um, you know, if you're talking about LeBron James, um, you know, it's, you're, you're likely to see the word Cleveland Cavaliers around it. You're likely to see a whole bunch of other terms that go with it. Um, but then if LeBron James gets into a Twitter, um, feud with Donald Trump, it will know that too. So it'll observe the fact that that's happening online and add those terms to the word cloud associated with LeBron James. So now it has, you know, it has a full context around what any story about LeBron James might be about. And we'll do a, a much better job of clipping the in and out point. Um, mm. yeah, that's 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 the advantage of what an AI brings to the to the table. It's not just looking, it's not just reading a transcription, but it's actually bringing context. Yeah, being a bit of a geek, anytime I hear AI at this point, I, I'm 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 saying it's assisted information because <laughs> it's all it's all code. But yeah, okay, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I will say, you know, back to your point in terms of it, this being a word of mouth medium, you know, I think the 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 reality is that there's so much content out there today on, you know, audio, video, text, etc., that mm -hmm. these smart agents and these virtual assistants that are coming into the home and becoming, you know, part of your cell phone and eventually going to be um, in your car radio systems, these agents are 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 going to become your friend. These are the these are your word of mouth ambassadors who are kind of scraping everything that's going on in the world and looking at what your friends are listening to, looking at subjects you're interested in and they're the ones that are going to be starting to recommend you different things to listen to, read, watch. Um, that's ultimately just given how much content is being created and and we're in this kind of uh, many to many dialogue when it comes to media now. The only way to sort through it is to have, you know, what was, let's say, you know, a person who might be able to sort through, all, sort through it all for you. Now, 
you know, in the next few years, we're going to have smart machines and virtual assistants and these Alexa type devices that are going to bring back content to you. And, and that again is where all this tagging and clipping is really critical because that's the only way that as an end user, I can get a sense of whether this is a right match for me and then give feedback to that personal assistant and say, Oh yeah, this is perfect. This is, I want more of this sort of stuff or don't ever send me something from this source. Cause I don't like them. It's not my, you know, they don't, they're not the, they're not the type of news I like to listen to. So from a, so from the technology side, I think I'm, I'm kind of understanding what you're doing here. So the question then is on the user side. So you have, I'm assuming an app, someone loads an app, they're using audio burst, uh, they set up their account. What do they do? Do they set up a profile? Do they um, say what they like, what they dislike? Uh, you know, what's, what's the uh, end user? Um, what do they do? So Audioverse is actually not a consumer-facing company. We really sit, we sit so between, yeah. yeah, we sit between the content creators and all the different types of platforms and devices and apps that are out there in the marketplace. So we're we're currently we you know we just uh, we actually just announced a, a funding round with Samsung. Samsung is going to enable their smart TVs and um, and their assistant. Um, their assistant platform with with audio burst so they're going to be drawing on this repository short form content that we're creating um, similarly we're set up with a few different mobile apps right now we're talking to um, a number of car companies so we're essentially the repository that enables a lot of platforms to pull great content from you know from from audio publishers um, depending on specific interests. So, you know, that might be you walk into, um, you know, into a house that you're, that you're renting and in a new city and, um, an app pings you with a number of, uh, results on local, local stories, things to do, museums to, to go visit reviews of theaters and restaurants. Um, you might be in a, um, a, stock trading app and you get pinged with a number of audio results for companies that you're watching in your watch tab. Um, you know, you're you might be out for a jog and there's certain, certain things you like to listen to on a jog that you, that you've specified to your app saying, you know, I want to hear, you know, I'd like to listen to stories about science when I'm out on my jog. And, and so these are all different specific use cases where third party providers can reach into our repository and pull out based on, the number of the amount of content we have there and what's tagged in there, um, present that back to users who are looking for a specific type of content for a specific situation they're in. So the partners then are going to be using their profile information that they have on the user of their app to be able to make these recommendations. That to me is in this day and age with everything that's been going on, it's a little weird. Um, (laughs) You know, because all of a sudden I'm using a, I'm using an app and it suggests to me, I don't know, Rob, what do you, what do you feel about that? Is that, well, Todd, I think, you know, one of the things that's been going on here is, is, and, and I think this is a much bigger discussion, but, but I think this whole recent issues with Facebook and privacy and all this stuff, I, I think have just most recently here over the last week or so really heightened this concern around user data privacy and and I think it's an important topic as we move into this new new phase of computing and new phase of um, how we as users of technology um, connect with 
the internet and connect with devices. And I think Dan is really, really part of that next revolution or evolution of how we <clears throat> as human beings connect and utilize technology in our lives. I mean, you know, I, I know that the recent uh, reorganization of Microsoft is, is kind of pointing towards an AI future, augmented reality. <clears throat> so I see that these technologies and podcasting is going to ride along with this. And, and these technologies are going to collide with the privacy concerns. And I think we're coming into a time where um, we as users need to decide whether or not we want the benefits of this and are willing to give up some of our privacy or, and if we're not willing to give up some of our privacy, then we're not going to get the benefits of this. And I think that's the, and, and all of these, these visions for the future and, and AI technology is not going to see its potential. Uh, so we as this kind of, as a society and human beings need to decide, um, what we want. Um, if we want privacy, then we're probably not going to see that, that future unfold the way it could. Um, that uses smart agents that that know more about us than we know about ourselves at times, well, right. and I think we we are coming into the freaky zone, right? I, but I think we've already been there. Well, I, we I, we've been there a yeah. long time, and yeah, and I think a lot exactly. of people just think, didn't realize. It, well, right? I, I, I've and, always said, I think yeah. people, I think people did realize. I think people understand that you know yeah. you you are like you said, you're giving up a certain amount of information in order to get back a, a specific benefit. What happened with Facebook, yeah. Facebook is very different. Facebook and the Cambridge Analytica issue is more about, you know, was, first of all, people were taking quizzes, personality quizzes. They weren't, this, this wasn't kind of, this mm -hmm. was, you know, essentially an unrelated, you know, kind of entertainment, let's say you're taking a little quiz. That information was getting scraped. And then not only yeah. was your information getting scraped, but then it was then taking your friend's information and scraping them. You know, yeah. I think that's a very different, that's a very different idea because, you're you're giving up you're you're giving up essential uh, essential information under false pretenses. Well, if you look I think at that's the real challenge. I think if you're talking about the benefit from yeah. from our perspective, we need to make it clear by telling us. You know, when you t when you say when we play a, a clip from radio from station provider X, and you say I didn't like that, you know, we're going to assume that means that you don't that we're going to we make certain assumptions if you say three times that you don't like that provider. We probably don't. They don't like that provider. If we then take that information, sell that on to an advertiser. That's that to me is where the breach happens. I think as long as we're very clear about what what information you give give up to us in, in exchange for what benefit, as you say, um, then people can make that decision. Facebook thing to me, what was what was really kind of insidious about it is that you gave up information, you know, seemingly in a harmless environment, and it went. And not only did it you know, capture your information, but then took a bunch of your friend's information too. What I find kind of ironic, and I don't want to get into the weeds too deep on this is, but you know, the, the you know, the now being, we're now being told, or at least there was public information that we didn't even know about that back on the, in 2008, Facebook was just giving all this data, you know, uh, yep. you know, I mean, just, you know, they gave a whole political group, all their data, you know, so we, there was no outrage then. So that's why I kind of say it's kind of fake outrage yeah. now because people are all freaking out and like, well, it's been going on for at least 10 years and you just didn't know it. One of the, one of the, uh, or didn't pay attention to it. Um, one of the folks in the chat room says it's a lot like clamor, but Rick, it's really not because clamor you picked 
the spot that you wanted to share this, you don't do nothing. It just, it, the, the AI quote unquote does the picking of the, uh, of the spot and shares it. And again, it doesn't, and the way they're doing it now is you have to have some integration with, uh, with a company like ours or with, with Rob's to actually then have the suggestion engine popping for the users that are listening to content or, or in your system. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk a bit about clamor because I think clamor is a really, really good example of, of why, what, what Dan and the audio burst folks is, in, is doing is really interesting. It is, it's different. That was one of the big, well, one of the big reasons that clamor didn't make it and didn't scale was the fact that it was too dependent on the user doing the heavy lifting of clipping. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was clumsy and it was difficult. Um, but what, what Audioburst is doing is they're doing it for the user, right? Um, and that's that was the piece that was missing from Clamor is that it needed to be done um, by an like an artificial agent that could scale, that could actually do it on on, on scale. And I think that the 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 back end connection, like with a platform like ours, Todd, um, with um, what Audioburst is doing, might be an interesting kind of connection for us to offer better discovery of, of, um, of, of the content in, in search results. I, I guess one of the questions I, I guess, Dan, I, I think both Todd and I have for you too, and, and this will bring some clarity, I, I think to all of the podcasters who are listening to this too, is, is how you see that, um, connection with, uh, platforms, uh, whether it be listening platforms or hosting platforms with your technology. In what sense? What, what connect with the connection? In what well, sense? I guess, you know, I mean, the content cre- creators live and create within these platforms, you know, like from Spreaker or, or Pod, yes. you know, PowerPress or Blueberry or whatever, and they're they're publishing into those engines, right? And they're going out to all these other listening platforms, um, and then there's the the listening apps out there, you know, the the um, Stitchers and the you know. Yep. Spreaker has listening apps too. So how how does that integration happen? Are you guys looking to integrate in with more the just the listening side, or are you looking to integrate in with the publishing side as well? Uh, well, definitely with the listening side. I mean, I think there's there's you know the there's a clear gap I think in all of the apps in terms of the ability to do keyword searching and being able to un- uncover um, episode level content and 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 you know searching obviously is 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 the kind of uh, the 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 active side of it. The passive side is actually even more interesting. Is I, f- I finished listening to an episode of Radio Lab that's about the CRISPR CRISPR gene um, mm. mutation or um, uh, technology. Um, you know, here are a number of other podcasts whose episodes focus on that same thing. So you're getting a kind of horizontal matching up of content. Um, you know, that to me is very exciting in terms of the podcast apps and, and a personal frustration of mine when I'm listening to content is that it's, uh, the, the apps are not, um, they're not able to dig deep enough into episode specific content to then mm-hmm. make, uh, cross inferences between them. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's certainly a, a, a uh, you know, in terms of, you know, where we, and, and again, you know, when you talk about sampling and short form content, another great opportunity to, at the mm-hmm. end of a podcast, be able to say, okay, well, here's five clips from other podcasts that are of similar topic, check them out and, and then link through to listen to the entire thing. If you're interested, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, 
that's certainly one area on the listening side. Um, you know, but again, I think the, for, you know, for us, I, I don't, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that have come along and said, we're going to disrupt the whole way people listen to podcasts or disrupt radio. That's not, you know, our, I think people who listen to podcasts generally have a pretty good idea of how to find them and, and, you know, mm -hmm. follow them. I don't think that's, that's where the gap is. The gap is the 60% of the population that's not listening to, to podcasts or that is migrated away from radio and mm -hmm. getting them and, and giving them other opportunities to find great content outside of, mm -hmm. you know, the specific kind of turning on the dial or, you know, firing up their podcast app. I think that does play into our, our contention that there really isn't a podcast discovery problem um, uh, per se, not under, I think, Minnie's specific definition, but there is this part that, like you say, where there's still half the population that still doesn't regularly listen to podcasts. It's actually probably even more than that, yeah. um, that are still listening to, to radio. So I think working with radio to transition people over to on-demand consumption, I think is definitely part of the the strategy that will push the the podcasting medium forward and reach more people. And if there's a way to do that, um, there might be something that might help grow the medium a little faster. Yeah. Yeah, great. You know, we we think there's a lot more potential for growth with the non-listeners than than trying to kind of you know. I think and a lot a lot of podcasters have found that you know amongst the listening population, the, you know, the growth has been, like you said, two to 4% per year. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's incremental, but it's not, um, you know, there's still a, there's a much bigger pie to be had from growing the number of listeners than trying to get the fans to you know, listen more. I think though, the challenge you run into then is let's say, for example, you do a deal with ABC. ABC is not going to want them their listeners to be wandering off to another network. They're going to want to have ABC shows being recommended only. So I think you still end up in these silos. I know that if I was going to be implementing this on, mm -hmm. you know, I would not want, um, you know, competing shows to be, to be anywhere in the system uh, that would drive their, earballs away from from my property so from a business perspective i think it's cool on inner you know from a from a business owner standpoint i think it's cool from a um from the ability to do inner inner network promotion but are you guys seeing some of that resistance to having non you know for example you have a network a and uh some network b stuff is suggested uh in the network a app doesn't uh, does that go contrary to the goal of keeping people on on property so i don't know what have you seen those objections before or sure of course people you know people want to own you know feel very protective of their listeners they, they want to protect you know the and that, that's that's a that's certainly uh as valid that's a valid concern but it's it is honestly kind of the it's it's a very kind of linear mindset, right? Where it's kind of you know where people tune into a certain station on the dial, and you try to keep them on that station. We're heading into a, an on a much more on demand driven universe with audio. Well, so, well, I fully you know, you kind of you can 
you can resist it, but the truth is, you know, it's the same same thing that Google encountered in you know in the nineties. Is you know they started indexing content. People were saying, oh, you can't put my content onto your search results, and they you know, said, take me out of your search results. Of course, two three years later, they all came back and said, okay, you're you're a great way yeah. of referring traffic onto us. We, we want to be in. We'll 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 accept that you're going to mix in an ABC news story with a CBS news story because that's going to be the way that people are going to find their way to content. And that's that's the truth is, again, there's so much content out there and there's so many choices out there that, you know, these these filtering technologies are the only way that people are going to be able to really truly find their way to, to your content. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tempting to want to kind of dig in and, and, and kind of put your arms around what you own, um, but that never really works once, you know, once a digital technology comes into play, um, but at the same, but at the same point, let's be fair. If if I'm integrating this into my app, there's no way I'm going to allow third. I, I don't, Rob, where do you sit on that? Because sure, no, that's fine. You, that's you your know, app. You own that app. Yeah. So, like, and, and the, but, but but again, that's the, your app is really speaking to fans that you've that you've acquired. What we want to do is find fans who are not familiar but, with with your with I, your I, content. I understand that, but if you have a bunch of vertical providers that are protecting their content, it's not gonna. You're not. Yeah, you have to. So, you, it being that you guys don't have an app itself, to me, you guys are the ones that, if you had an app, can democratize this. But you guys don't have an app, so you work in between with yeah. providers. So, you well, know. Todd- they sure. should be able right. to to narrow those 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 results down to an aggregation of content. I would think. I of you course. know I think it's technically possible to do that. Yeah. But I think that the bigger use case here is in larger aggregation apps um, that that are aggregating large amounts of of content. And I think th- those are those are typically the bigger players in the space that are doing that. Um, now, granted, smaller apps are going to be aggregating. It's just like you know, Blueberry is a good example. You're aggregating all the podcasts in the medium right now, so you know you're a prime candidate for this kind of capability as well. But I guess you know, as we think about the smart agent technology, I guess you know, my my brain keeps coming back to this question: Well, what's the what's the actual user experience? Um, on like the Amazon, you know, s- smart agent technology. Is this going to be funneled through what's called, you know, the the whole news brief concept? Um, and and are 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 you guys ultimately, I think, on these smart agent technologies, going to create a um, a new version of all this content that comes up in a search result? So you, is it is it possible what you guys are creating here is the ability to look for a topic, and it would play almost like a snippet playlist? Is that what? we're talking about here or yep. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit specifically about what that user experience could look like as a user. Now, is this, would this be linked up with a specific skill? Um, or would it be kind of global, um, on the Alexa platform? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? you know, the simplicity and access. So Audioverse has a skill, that you can you can enable. We also you know you can go to audioverse.com. You go to search.audioverse.com and you can see what you know where the AI is using a lot of uh, a lot of content mm-hmm. to train itself on how to segment content. You can kind of play you can play around with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the the app that we've created is um, again or the skill that we've created is not is not really uh, the the driving force behind our business model. 
Um, mm -hmm. Would we like Amazon to reference our repository to bring back search results on current events? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, yeah. that's, uh, you know, and, and, and I think the truth is, I think all of the virtual assistants, you know, are, ha are have, a, have a gap there. They lack in the ability to bring back a result. If you search for Donald Trump, it'll give you his birth date and it'll give you some biographical information. It won't give you the most recent news about, you know, what, where he is and what mm -hmm. he's done. And, um, and, you know, I think that's, that's something that I think the, the, at, as those platforms mature and as more people use them as places to get current events, um, you know, it's a good, good example. We're working with, uh, with someone right now, um, on, uh, we have a, a weather skill. So when you ask Alexa what the weather is, it'll give you an Alexa voice that kind of, you know, the, the mm -hmm. spoken version of the, the weather. Um, our skill, if you ask it for the weather, it will bring you back a clip from the radio within the last two to five minutes uh, with the most recent human-spoken weather update from a meteorologist. The difference between the two experiences is, is it's night and day. You know, you, mm -hmm. you'll once once you experience the the human person giving you the weather forecast, you're never going to go back to the Alexa the Alexa version, and you'll remember the syntax that you have that that you're, that's required of it. So. You know, I think that's that's the um, that's as those platforms mature, you're going to see more of that. Obviously, same you know, same thing with your car, right? Fifty percent of audio of radio is consumed in the car. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all all the car companies in the next two to four years are going to be ha are going to have virtual assistants in the car. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, that's the that's that's where having an imper and kind of essentially impartial aggregator of this content becomes important because you can either say, okay, I want all my news updates to come from my local radio station or from NPR or from Fox news, or you can say, I want it to come, you know, or, or the platform itself can say, okay, well, we're going to pull from in the same way that Google does, we're going to do a, a, a generalized search and bring back a number of different results. And over time, as we get to know the kind of things that you like to click on and listen to, then we'll, you know, we'll start adapting results that are personalized to your preferences. Um, but that's, that's certainly, you know, I think the, you know, that's again where all these virtual assistants are going to move in that direction because there's a lot of great content out there. If we have the technology can match people up with the kind of content they want to hear, um, you'd much rather hear uh, a very topical, human-spoken audio results versus, you know, the Alexa voice giving you, you know, kind of a stale, you know, potentially old. Um, generic version of the answer you're looking for. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what Amazon does with the smart agent technology. If they they utilize the, their own A9 search technology that they bought many many years ago, or if they're going to you know sell access to let's say a Google or or a Bing or something like that to actually drive that Alexa search aspect. Because you're exactly right. I mean. Alexa doesn't do a very good job of search right now, but you can totally see where uh, it needs to, right? Yeah, so let's, uh, we're, we're triggering uh, people's devices, so let's try to prevent using the word yeah. the Amazon <laughs> device versus, yeah. It's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we call her yeah, Annie. It was really and, tempting. It was yeah, tempting it's, it's, when we refer, it, to, we refer to her as Annie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard <laughs> because we all, you know, you, you don't refer to the Amazon device. You refer to the A-L-E-X-A device, you know. So it's funny how the personality becomes the product. 
Um, yes. You know, I, you know, I, I know that I've been a little bit of a playing a little devil's advocate here um, this morning, and I just, I just want to make you aware, you know, make you aware that part of it is is because I've seen a lot of this before, and um, and and I, I'm all about helping podcast discovery, um, but I'm just worried that um, until you guys get a wider, you know, get to get to some folks that are. And like having your own skill and Alexa, that's good. You know, that, that allows the democratization of content that you're indexing. So basically any thing can be cross-referenced. I think that's good. Um, but, you know, I even look at the limitations we have, like Rob said, we have a directory with over 500,000 podcasts in, but, and I have a, I have an Amazon skill as well, but there's a limitation to that because of the way Amazon uh, the way their their system works, I cannot have, you know, I have to limit the uh, shows that our skill works with to those that we host because I can't be guaranteed that every um, every show is going to have an HTTPS uh, media URL uh, that uh, Amazon requires of us, and if the show doesn't have that, and we allow it to be indexed, and they, you know, we tell the the, the skill to play the specific podcast and it doesn't play well, it makes it for a bad experience because of the limitations within the, the platform. So I think that will hamper, well, in, 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 not for us, but again, if you have someone that has a big network, Rob, you guys don't have that problem because well, you do because you guys do some syndication as well. So the shows that you guys syndicate technically can't be on your Alexa skill because you don't, unless you pull that media in and, and reserve it, which I don't think you are, um, you're in a limit in limitization too. So still within your own ecosystem, but still within your own ecosystem, there's lots of content that could be recommended across the platform. Well, there's a lot of shows that are still self-hosted that are not on H HTTPS. Right. Um, links so it's probably a good third of the podcast space is right. is still self-hosted and, and they cannot be on these devices uh you know well and and that's the reason why we had to limit it we had to limit who we and it's not if, if i could have all five hundred thousand shows on uh on the amazon skill i'm like who but when you know but just because the shows are http i can't but i know that yeah. all the host shows that all the shows that are hosted at Blueberry are HTTPS. So yeah. I don't have to worry about the users having a bad experience. But Todd, I'm trying to put my, my kind of forward looking hat on for this show. As sure. I think about what the audio burst folks do and what's potential here. Yeah. And I guess, um, that's, there's so many questions, um, that I have about what's going to happen with these smart agent platforms in the direction that it could go, uh, and this whole thought that it, those will become our search platforms. And as you look at computing into the future, um, we may not be carrying around little handheld devices. I think um, you know that may be a controversial statement, but there's there's going to be you know there's something different coming. You know this this cloud-based profiles, cloud-based access that travels with us um, that uh, that knows we're in the car that knows we're in different locations and we we can get access to any screen um or our screen is in our eyes somehow yeah. or in our glasses so we don't you know these are 
These are new ways of thinking about how we're going to interface with the internet and the web and data that is contrary to how we think of it today. And I, and, and it feels like it's, it's, it needs to be more audio. And I think this is, this is where we get into this area of, you know, what Audioburst is doing is maybe that fits into the model in the future, Todd. And so, I, I don't know how soon that's coming, but. So the concern though, Rob, on that is, is, okay, so right now when you've opened up your browser, you can go anywhere on the web. Uh, yeah. You can see anything good and bad, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you maybe have a. For, I don't know for you, how long that'll be, but yeah. If, but if you have a smart agent, then I, you know, that, yeah, it's, don't worry, it, that web's not going to be taken down by any one government. Um, if you have a um, a smart agent, then then you're really it scares me a little bit because you, you your media then is controlled by the entity that has enabled that, and you don't have you know you're yeah, going to have to go controls the entity right right and and who controls the content that's being indexed and everything else. So you know I, I think. Here's a question for, for Dan on, you know, you guys are currently, you said you're indexing a hundred shows, a hundred podcasts, and you're working with 57 radio stations. How do you scale this to support, uh, you know, uh, 25,000 shows at, uh, at Libsyn, uh, 15,000 shows at uh, Podbean, uh, you know, 12 to 15,000 shows at uh, Spreaker and Blueberry. And, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you scale that and in and is the cost because you know we're still dealing with content creators that are um largely doing like here I'm in a 10 by 12 room you know they're they don't have big staffs they don't have big budgets so how do we you know how do we make because this is not going to be cheap to do all this indexing it takes uh you know a certain amount of computer processing power to do that and databases and you guys get to keep the lights on so you know, how do you scale this to include the, an entire ecosystem? So the, the scaling is, you know, it's just a, a matter, like you said, it's, it's more storage, it's more, you know, some more processing. Um, you know, we have a certain number of inputs right now of, and that, that we can listen to concurrently. Um, you know, there's the, the scaling process is, is, you know, compared to the, the the engineering work than the know-how of building the ai brain and the engine that's the that is the expensive part obviously adding another server to handle you know 10 more podcasts an hour is not is not going to be is, is not where the is not where the the um the scaling issue really um becomes it becomes a problem for us um you know i think the um the the question is you know is more how do you um, you know how do you take all those results and make sense of them? I think that's the the biggest challenge, right? Is is being able to um, index them and then provide you know the the right um, the right data around that content to match it up with the with the user. Um, you know the the scaling issue is uh, with audio. It's certainly a lot. You know, the, a big reason why we're in the audio business is not videos because the the um, the storage and processing um, requirements are, are are much much smaller and much easier to scale. For, you know, if I change and put my business hat on, and you know, let's say I, I wanted to come over and work with you guys and and have our eleven thousand shows indexed. 
the thing that we're going to be looking at is cost slash reward. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to step up and write that check to index 11,000 shows and come up with those snippets again, Rob, I goes back to, I'm writing a big check. Then do I want cross promotion of other networks? Um, probably not. So, so and, and again, our model, our model is not to charge the creators for the indexing of the content, but you're going to have, wanna, someone's got to pay for what's right. the model then. So ultimately what we want to do is distribute those pod, the, those bursts out from podcast and radio to all those different potential third party platforms. Right. And let's say when you step into your car and ask the radio to play you sure. a personalized half an hour of radio, there'll be ads that get inserted, inserted in every you know, every several bursts, that ad revenue gets split between the distribution platform, us, the distributor slash technology enabler and the content creator. So, uh, you know, the, the idea is not to charge Interesting. The creators or in fact, the, the distributors, but, um, but to do a rev share on advertising that, that gets divvied up amongst the, amongst different parties. Again, you know, this goes back to the, some of the privacy issues we talked about before, but, our ability to match up advertisers with listeners is much more enhanced because we're getting a, a much clearer you know, idea of what kind of preferences the, the audience wants. So you're able to, to, to not just stick the same Squarespace ad in front of every single podcast or every single clip, but actually tailor it to the specific audience member who's listened to those clips, those bursts. Yeah. So it's definitely uh, demands a higher premium on the advertising because you're reaching the exact person when you have the right advertiser. Yeah. So are you guys factoring in, if you're looking at that, then that, that, that begs a whole bunch of other questions, which would be around duration of, um, of content, duration of ads, placement of the ads, and I'm sure the use of dynamic ad insertion, um, and, and who actually, would would be providing that is that something that you guys would be open to other platforms being able to to tie into that or are you guys looking to build Definitely. your own platform okay well you know the the, the kind of ad, ad op system and the operations uh, the actual feeding of the ads would come through our system but um we certainly will you know and we're not we're not at the point where we're monetizing any of this stuff yet but um certainly giving the um the content owners a crack at that that inventory so giving you know the idea again is about growing mm-hmm. the pie and giving new providing new opportunities for to find listeners and to match up with advertisers um you know these are incremental opportunities for you know for monetization of your content so um you know we certainly it's an it would we're building as an open platform that publishers can traffic ads to and be you know part of that monetization process or Oops. depending on who you are if you're in a 10 by 12 room and you your main thing is just making your podcast then you know we can syndicate out your content and find you advertisers and bring you incremental revenue without you having to really do anything like you don't have to write a check you don't have to implement a line of code the, co- the content gets listened to through the ai it gets fed to the right ears according to our smart agent technology and gets matched up with the right advertiser and the check comes back to the the person who's in that 10 by 12 room making their content every day. I think that's key, you know, because so much of this is going on right now is the, the creators are kind of being cut out. The content's being used 
and they're, you know, they're sending, and I'm not saying you guys are doing this, but it's good to know that this is your thought process because there are some platforms where uh, the podcaster gets nothing if advertising is run against the content and uh, they get the right to be on the platform, which is nice, but monetization on the platform doesn't come back to them at all. So no, I think that's, that's critical for us. It's like, yeah. Is th- this technology has to be used in a way that brings more listeners and more ad- more advertisers and more dollars back to the creators because yeah. that's that's kind of the lifeblood of this kind of system is that, again that many to many ecosystem where you have a, a lot of people creating content that you know in, around a myriad of topics and you know the, the where the technology comes in is that ability to match up users and content so you know if we're not if the content owners are not seeing the benefit, um, then you know, obviously, a very a key part of that equation become, is missing. If there's not a, if there's not incentive and motivation for creators to create great content that we can find the right listener for. So I guess that begs the next question, which would be the the analytics behind that and and, and how that's going to be handled. Where the content that's being delivered. Uh, is being hosted, um, and is there? There's, you know, like you look at our our platform with Spreaker and and Todd's. We're we're hosting platforms. We provide the core analytics for content providers. Uh, if you guys are capturing snippets uh, of that content, um, I guess the 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 leading question here is where does the analytics go, and how accessible to the content provider would analytics be around? Um, uh, listens and and those kind of things, and is it possible that that could be re- uh, reported back via API back to the um, the the source platforms to be added to the metrics that's displayed to the content user? And then, you know, this is not to jump on you guys specifically, but this is an issue today with like Spotify for one thing. There, the, there's no data coming back on consumption of the content right now that's coming. But I guess that's kind of an issue that I, I don't want to see grow and become a much bigger issue where um, all these uh, redistribution platforms are keeping separate um, and metrics on consumption that makes it more difficult for content providers to aggregate traffic and to aggregate uh, their numbers. So if, if you could talk a little bit about that too, that might be helpful. And just to add before you get started, it's also um, – when podcasters see traction on platforms, when they see that their content is being, even if it's a example, a snippet is being listened to and they say, I had 182 snippet listens on, you know, on audio burst through their ecosystem. Um, that is going to be like the podcasters can be like, Oh man, you know, that they're going to start, it, it's a self-serving uh, cycle because they will promote. <laughs> yeah, no, the analytics are a big part of what the of what we're building out. So there's an entire um, publisher platform that kind of that um, content creators can access that um, does a bunch of things. First of all, analytics not only just for for the content, not for your clips and bursts, but across the ecosystem. So you can get a sense of what sorts of content um, are are doing well within specific categories, what keywords are, are performing well, how they match up against trending topics in general. Um, I think that's all very important stuff for creators to get a sense of, right? Is to say, okay, the, the um, you know, this is the stuff that's doing really well. 
I'm thinking of, you know, expanding, you know, kind of going off or doing, let's say like a, a few episodes on this topic, how, you know, what sorts of issues around these topics do, you know, are, are, are in demand. Um, that whole set of analytics are, are going to be available through this uh, publisher platform. The first thing we're building out before you, before we get to the for surfacing of those analytics is uh, a kind of a is all the you know the foundational elements. So um, you know a, a you know from you know the metadata about description of your podcast to even then going in and saying you know looking at bursts and saying and um, you know removing, adding, editing you know to the to your point of um, you know the. the earlier about some of these tools and the audio editing tools. Um, we have a, a beta platform we're working on now that allows people to go in, look at the clips that are, the AI has, has, has um, put into the repository and be able to make some slight edits to expand um, or contract, change the in and out point slightly, add certain keywords that may have uh, been overlooked. Um, you know, that's um, that whole kind of self-service Tool will start. We'll, we'll be rolling out in the next couple months. Um, the again, it's the sort of thing that if you have the bandwidth and the time to go in there and play around with it, it's fully available to you. There's obviously sharing tools that are also part of the whole process, so you can share them on a, on social networks. You can download the clips and use them as as you as you see fit. Um, you know, all of that that whole publisher port portal is a really important part of what I've been doing in terms of working with content creators and getting a sense of what sort of, um, what sort of tools they, they would like to see in something like this. And analytics was, you know, consistently mentioned across the board. I think that's one of the bigger problems right now in audio is people don't really get a good sense of what's getting listened to. Um, you know, Apple just recently rolled out some enhanced analytics for, for, um, for their um, podcasting app, but, you know, Creators have really been starved of data in terms of what sort of what, what's succeeding and what's working in, in their podcasts, and I've heard that consistently across the board. So, you know, a big part of what I'm doing is working with content creators and publishers to figure out what sort of tools they'd like from a you know from a publisher platform that we would build. One one question I wanted to ask, and I was just thinking about this. Um, you know, Apple just acquired an audio search company um, not not too long ago, and um, I I just wonder if you guys are anticipating some some competition coming on this um, from these bigger bigger tech companies. Um, could you talk about that a little bit? And and is this kind of like an underground thing that's happening that maybe a lot of people in the audio business don't really know that uh, that you know surfacing AI is something that's that's going to become really, really big and important to a lot of these bigger tech companies. Uh, for sure, I, you know, I, I don't know that um, Audio Search, the company that uh, that Apple acquired, I'm my understanding of their technology is it does not, it's not automated, so it's not able to um, to index, you know, the full whatever it is, half a million podcasts that are, I, I guess it's half a million total, but about three hundred thousand active podcasts right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that kind of scale requires technology, right? It requires AI. There's no way you can do that. There's no human version of that that can listen to every podcast and tag it and tag it consistently and clip it and clip it consistently. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, sure, I, you know, I, I would imagine that, that Amazon or Google would 
or Apple or, you know, Spotify, they, they all um, technology like this is, is certainly uh, would be a benefit to all of them. Um, I will say, you know, Audioburst is about three years old now. It's, it takes a while to spin, spin up this kind of skill. It takes a lot of inputs. The AI, mm-hmm. the, 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 the place that our AI has gotten to has taken, it's gone through millions and millions of minutes of audio and tons of feedback from humans giving it cues as to, you know, what it's doing right, what it's doing wrong. Um, this, is, this, is not a, this is not like a, 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 you can't wave a magic wand and make this sort of thing happen. It's, it takes a, a long, a, 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 lot of, a lot of know-how and, and just a lot of time ultimately because you're, you're building a brain essentially. You're building a neural network that takes, yeah. you know, that has, you know, basically has to learn every, you know, about every topic under the sun, because when you look at radio and podcasts, every kind of topic is being discussed. So, um, you know, I think, I, I don't know exactly what's going on at those companies and what they're doing and, and where their heads are at on this sort of thing. But, um, like I said earlier, some, there's a, there, there in five years, a technology like Artiverse or Audioverse itself will have solved this problem because, Right now, there's too much content being created that is not getting into, is not feeding itself to the right listeners. So this is this is really a, this is a problem that technology is eventually going to fill the gap to solve. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I I think we have a, a really good head start on on solving the problem. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next few years. But I, I can say with confidence that you know the the this whole transition to an on-demand um, short form ability to kind of search and, and um, not just search, but, you know, both the push and the pull version of, you know, finding and receiving audio um, is, is, is someone is going to figure out how to, how to, how to, to bridge that gap. And I, I'm, I'm betting on audio risk, but I will see, we'll see. Who <laughs> what is the uh, typical length of a clip? Typical length, it, it, it's fully determined, you know, by us, but we think the ideal, you know, the ideal, I would say personally, I'd say the ideal clip is 90 seconds. You know, I think in general, when you, when in, I've listened to a lot of bursts in my 10 last year, um, you know, I think it'll vary. I think when you're look, when you're listening to an episode of Fresh Air, you might have a question answer sequence that might be two to three minutes. Um, but uh, but you know ninety seconds usually is, is is kind of the sweet spot in terms of being able to you know in 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 conversations in radio a thought usually spans about ninety seconds maybe two minutes and that's that is usually enough to give you a good sense of whether it's something you're interested in whether you want to listen more to whether you know whether it answers mm-hmm. your question or piques your interest enough to want to kind of continue on. So are you currently now mostly working with the uh networks or are you working with independent content creators as well at this point? Um, everyone across the board. So obviously, you know, if you go to audioverse.com, um, you know, a lot of folks have just found us through Audioverse and pinged us at info at audioverse.com. And sure. we've uh, certainly a lot of the independent folks have found our way to us through, through that means, um, you know, we're also working with, uh, with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of big, medium, small, um, Publisher, so you know everything from you know for iHeart to you know public radio to you know some of the smaller upstart start podcast uh, networks. Um, I think the really interesting 
area for us is is uh, is folks like you know like you guys like Blueberry um, and um, like Spreaker and, and Vox Nest, where you have people who are passionate about a very specific subject um, and again, you know, matching them up with their ideal listeners and people who aren't necessarily finding them because there's so much podcast content out there today. Um, giving, giving those podcasters the ability to find new audiences. That's that to me is, uh, you know, I think there's obviously there's a different set of challenges when you're talking to big media companies and some of their needs in the space. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, the, you know, the, the, the long tail, I think, is what really makes these technologies really interesting. So if you're a podcaster, um, and we have many listening to this, um, um, how can they get connected up with you and get their content into your platform and start taking advantage of um, the, the various transcription and, and audio embeds, those kind of things? Um, what's that process today, and what is it going to look like here over the next few months? Uh, the process is really, uh, you know, getting in touch with, with me, getting through with us. You can email info at audioburst.com or me, I'm Dan at audioburst.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, that's the, and, and like I said, the process is pretty simple from the content creators end. it's not a, there's no complex code to implement. We do have a, a whole library of APIs that if you want to implement, uh, you know, we've been embeddable player. If you want to do all that stuff is available to content creators, Again, free of charge. That's what we, you know, that's that's part of our model. Um, but that's uh, that's up to individuals if they want to take advantage of if they have the technically technical capabilities and the interest. There are a, a number of really powerful tools that we've built through our API engines. Um, and, um, and but otherwise, you know, there's there's just kind of the self service, you know, kind of licensing the content and and really not really not having to do anything more than just license the content and see kind of you know where it ends up in terms of finding its way to different listeners through our platform well i'll say this on the technical level you need to make it as easy as possible for the content creators because uh uh, they're they're creators they're not they're not techies you know i'm just trying to think how the easiest thing to do is you go to you go to audioverse.com you can and go to that link that you were you showed on screen just now um, you can sign up to be part of the, within 30 seconds, you can sign up to be part of the Audioverse ecosystem. So there's no, uh, there's, right. there's really, you know, if you could fill out a form and take yeah, 30 yeah, seconds yeah. to do so, you're, you're in. So, but I think a lot uh, of folks are going to want to, if you, you want to be more involved, you want to impl- implement search on your site. Um, you know, I'm really interested also in working with a lot of folks who are doing editorial and audio. So kind of bridging that gap. So if you're writing editorial and making podcasts, Right now, there's not a lot of back and forth between them. Um, I would love to work. I, you know, I'm working with a few, few, few folks who are looking to take their audio and insert it into their editorial so that there's oh. much more of an interplay. When oh, people are finding their articles, they're able to then transition to listen to podcast content. Um, and that's all, again, very kind of off the shelf, pretty basic. You know, for, for someone who knows a basic level of coding, very easy to do through our APIs. Yeah, it's actually as easy. I mean, I I, I signed up um, at AudioBurst and I started to get all these transcriptions. And really, all I had to do was create an account and then just cut and paste my my RSS feed, just like you know any podcaster does to get into any platform. And it starts 
indexing your episodes and it sends you emails with the uh, with links to well it's finished this episode like just this past week i i did my speaker live show and i had the um the transcript and the link to to get access to all of the embeds of the snippets and stuff within i don't know a couple of hours of me publishing my episode so uh it seems to happen pretty fast and it's automatic so it's pretty pretty easy to work with from what i've seen so far how'd you find the transcription itself I thought it was really, really good. I'm, I'm still a little bit puzzled on exactly how I'm going to use the transcription. So that's the piece that, that uh, it, I, I still haven't worked out yet. Um, but, but I really like the fact that you've taken, uh, you basically display on your website little web players, right? That will play yeah. those snippets, right? And and those those snippets are titled. Uh, uh, they're like you said. They're relatively short. Some are a couple of minutes long. Some are shorter than that. Depends on what that topic is. So you've already generated a, like a title for those as well. I was just curious. Is that title? Can you edit that? I can. I I don't know that I remember whether or not you can edit the title of the snippets or not. So it's it's the title's editable. The um, the tags are editable. So you can add or subtract from okay. them. There's a, a thumbnail that that you can you can add or you know add or replace. Um, all that stuff is editable. We've and we also we categorize the content into generalized categories like news, technology, sports, business, entertainment. You can change the category if it miscategorized it. And again, mm-hmm. you know the the version that you're probably looking at is is what I'd call kind of pre-beta. What we're Oops. what we're working on now is a much more sophisticated platform for publishers to be able to go in there and make those changes, look at analytics, um, and you know, do all the kind of social sharing. It's a pretty powerful platform actually. Um, when, when, again, when you're looking at, when you're talking to independent podcasters who don't have a lot of time or maybe even tech, uh, technological know-how, it's a very, it's a very simple system and it, it does a lot of the work for you, which is nice. So I had, um, signed up last week for both new media show and for geek new central. Um, so I've been getting transcriptions as well. And, uh, the geek new central trans, uh, I couldn't, I don't know where I would use the transcriptions because it, I'll be frank, it's going to require heavy editing. So, um, yeah, I was same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The truth, the truth is when you're even a perfect transcript of every single word that we've said over the last 90 minutes, um, is not going no. to actually be very useful. It's no. not very readable. Right. Conversation does not translate well to text. That's true. Uh, what it does do is it gives you a little roadmap of kind of, you know, oh, here's where we talked about Facebook and here's right. where we talked about. So you can kind of jump to different points in, in our conversation. Um, it's obviously there as a means to an end. The, the transcript exists so that the AI can do what it does. Yeah. Um, but even within that, you know, when you're looking at the clips, it'll transcribe the clips. You can highlight certain areas of the text that you want to vote zoom in on and clip the, your audio based on the text you've highlighted. So, um, you know, there are ways in which the text can be useful as a tool to, to, it's like I said, as a means to an end, it's not, not really ultimately a great way to publish to the consumer. It's, it's right. Yeah. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot on the show. I guess I missed the ability to log into the site to actually get the widgets. So 
what what am I? I'm sorry, I'm just asking on the show here. Where am I missing? Where do I go to actually sign in once? Because I got the transcripts, but I really didn't see any other interaction beyond that. So we, uh, to date, we've had a platform called Podcaster Pro. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's where you signed yeah, up. Yeah, that's where I signed up. Yeah. So we're transitioning yeah. from Podcaster Pro, essentially folding that product into the Audioburst site. Uh, so essentially, um, you know, if you go to search.audioburst.com and search for your podcast, you'll see some clips show up. Yep. We'll, we're, what we're going to do in the next in the next few months is enable login from that page mm-hmm. where you can then kind of almost like flip the screen and basically go behind the page and say, okay, I'm, this is my, I'm claiming this content. This is my content. Um, this is, you know, here's where, you know, and do all those kind of metadata changes, add right. images, uh, do all those kind of, uh, you know, exercise all that, you know, all the different tools that we put into place. Yeah. So just so, and I know we're talking about, you know, Audioverse, but for those that want to see what the, let me see if I can bring this up. This is the screen that you get for your transcriptions on the current Podcaster Pro platform. The ability to take an embed, download the transcript, um, and there's some sharing stuff that, here. If you click too. on that little pencil, if you see, you see the pencil at the yeah. off to the right there. Yeah. 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 So that pencil gives you the ability to to do an edit. And again, you know, this this tool set uh, is getting migrated into a, a much more powerful interface and, and one that's much more aligned with audio bursts. You'll see I that gotcha. in the next couple months. Um, but yeah, if you click on click on the pencil next to one of those clips, you'll see um, So there's a, the waveform, and then you see the. So if you highlight, go just highlight a random bit of that text. So then that oh, and you see it isolates it up there in the yep, player. So it isolates it, kind of, and then you can, at that point, then you, you can, yeah, you can change the tags out of the tags, and then if you click burst this, it creates essentially a, a new burst. Oh, so I'm just going to grab one here and just let's just one. let's just do that and say burst this. Probably just screwed up your logarithms. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you guys gonna gonna do like what we've seen? I I think a different company do is a, is enable audio editing via text. <laughs> if you if you guys thought about that, I mean that's essentially what you're doing here. Um, you know that's the. Um, Can you delete segments of? Uh, of your content, I guess you're more selecting areas of the content based on you can highlighting the text. There's an expand button there, so you can you can if if it cut short, let's say, or started a little late, oh. you can expand a little just to get a little more of the clip in there if necessary. I see um, that. Yeah. So, you know, again, this is this so, is so does this is for people who have the time and the energy yeah. and, the, and the kind of bandwidth to do this. So. Um, yeah. Does the bursted clip then create something that can be pushed to a Twitter card into Facebook and yes? And what is so that's it? the idea. That platform becomes a, a, a way to to look at the content that gets pulled out of the uh, out of the show and and again, you know, this is all stuff that trains the AI. So the more the the more we have podcasters going to the system and making edits, the, mm-hmm. that feedback that feedback loop that's created and it gets a better sense of, okay, well, these are, this is the kind of stuff that is the most interesting to end users. I got you. Because from a podcaster standpoint, um, you know, a lot of folks, I got in a, 
a discussion with someone on a Facebook channel the other day. And they said, this is the only way you share on Facebook now is you have a video with the text rolling in it. And, you know, this is this is the only way you promote uh, on Facebook audio. And I'm so I kind of took umbrage to that a little bit. And we had a little discussion about it. But, yeah, again, this is a this is something that the content creator I would see that's super active and promoting their show could use. And uh, it definitely. uh it makes it, it makes for an interesting, uh, um, interesting promotion tool, at least too. So yeah, I mean, I would love to see a, a native audio player in Facebook, um, Twitter. It plays, uh, it plays within the cards. So you can, card, uh, yeah. It plays in the player card, which is great. Um, and we've heard a lot of that feedback too from a lot of folks saying, "Oh, well, you know, social is a visual medium." Um, you know, I think that's that's the. Um, that's the current thinking and the knowledge that that's been kind of passed through in the, in, in terms of what works on social. Now, I think people, the, the audio is becoming a much bigger part of people's lives. And as people spend more time on their phone and on the go, you'll start, I think, I think social platforms are going to see a lot more uptick in, in audio content. I mean, sure. It's Instagram is a social, is a, a social visual platform but I think there's a place with other social platforms for audio. And I think that's, that's something where I think the social platforms have been a little slow to kind of, to get that. But I think there's a, there's certainly, I think a, a, an amazing product to be made from social audio and stitching together content from content that people share audio content that friends share together. So when someone shares one of these snippets uh, on on social, is there going to be an au- more automated pathway to be able to to enable um, a connection to the longer form version, or to subscribe, or to That's make key. that 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 connection with the content creators kind of home base of sorts? Yeah. So so that's. Okay. Um, you know, that's another part of the of me working with content creators and getting those links in place so that those bursts get tied back to the long form content. Um, that's key for us. Again, is we want people obviously we want to give people the convenience of going through their Twitter feed and uh, and uh, and being able to listen to audio in place. Um, but then again, from there, saying okay, this is a great piece of this is a great snippet highlight. Link me to the the full content. So that's. Um, that's something else we're, we're working on is linking those those births back to the original content, and and that's where we really need the relationship back with the original publisher, or the owner of the content. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm super sensitive that anything that you know, at least that, and it's me that I publish on any platform brings me back to you know back to the primary primary website, and I understand that. Uh, um, the providers have to get their licks in too, um, you know, so, but I think there's a happy medium there that can be, um, can be met. And, uh, anyway, this, this burst is still working. What is the typical time when you select burst this? I know you could probably go in the queue, right? Based on what's being, uh, yeah. uh it shouldn't be taking that long. So there must be, there, there must be some sort of hiccup there. Um, the, uh, it it should have it should have generated the burst at this point. Okay. Um, that might also have something to do with us. You know, like I said, we're transitioning that entire platform sure, sure. into kind of the audio burst platform. So some of the some of the functionality is getting 
kind of addressed and, and, and fixed on the Audiverse side of things and not, you know, we're not, we're, we're not spending a lot of time on Podcaster Pro right now to, to, to keep improving it. We really are more looking at migrating the functionality over to Audioverse. Right. Hey, Rob, did we talk about exploding trash cans on the show? <laughs> I don't think so yet. No, that sounds like an interesting topic. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm totally look, related to what we're talking about. Yeah, today. I'm looking at one of the translations for a new media show. It's a clip. <laughs> I think it was when we were talking about uh, the the because I refer to my to a trash can as my Mac. I was talking about number of years you get out, and that was discussion was talking about the number of years you get out of your gear and my 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 Mac trash can. <laughs> uh, so it's just it, it's fun and it's it, it'll be fun to watch this and I think if you you know the more you know if people that really get into this and they'll be like uh, that wasn't quite the right context that'll help you guys too right get the feedback sure. on on the right context you're referring to. So if you use some obscure reference point, like I happen to do from time to time, the computer's going to say, Oh, he's talking about uh, exploding trash cans. Did we have one of those happen in Chicago yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Apple is going to be thrilled to have that clip out there. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, instead of calling it the Mac pro, I call it the trash can. <laughs> Bad, and it is a term PR I use. Talk. It is a term I use, though. So it got the translation right. <laughs> if it becomes uh, a trend, then it'll it'll get it. Yeah, Other people think yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the only thing you know from upfront from the the whole process, I I think the key really for you guys then is you know seeing where the distribution happens and you know where you can get these clips put into. And, uh, you know, how widespread they're shared. And, you know, I, you know, I think be honest with you, just thinking about this and, you know, Rob and I've seen a lot of stuff, uh, come and go in the years. That's going to be key. You guys have got to figure out how to get this to scale so that there's, uh, you know, like you said, five, uh, five highlights that follow some programming or recommended following some programming in a way that, makes people go whoa there's some cool content if you can get that point nailed you're i, I think that uh, this will go a long long ways yeah and i think there's there's a lot of news aggregation apps there's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's there's opportunities you know like i said with um samsung who we just uh, announced our partnership with um where on their smart tvs you could get fed interesting audio content matched up to with the, you know, let's say the CNN show that you're listening to sure. or, or that you're watching, I should say. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting places where audio hasn't found its, hasn't found its way into that certainly as we become more attached to mobile technologies, or as you were saying, Rob, you know, some other technology that isn't even screen-based, but it is in your pocket or, or on your person. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, people, people have switched, you know, the, the people have switched modes where they're spending a lot more time with those headphones in their ears as they're going about their day, you know, buying groceries, exercising, whatever they do, sitting on a subway, sitting on a train, um, you know, and, and all the audio content that that's, that's out there is, is primed to find its way into those, into those, uh, earbuds. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Do you see any opportunity for um, audio from video be- taking a place in in the future of of this kind of stuff? Sure. I mean, there's obviously a ton of uh, informational shows that publish their that, that that publish as podcasts. You see a lot of TV shows that uh, that do that today. Um, you, you know, I think there's there's certainly plenty of that. I think the other the other areas that are interesting to us, you know, I, I spoke to someone from the UN yesterday. Um, you know, they have people speaking there constantly. They have press conferences. I mean, you have earnings calls from companies. You have lectures. You have TED talks. There's all sorts of interesting areas that um, where that aren't podcast or radio, where there's interesting audio content that's getting created. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think as long as the audio can stand on its own without the visuals, you know, again, that then the the AI doesn't care. It, it, it's, it can figure out what, what you're talking about regardless. And, you know, in terms of the accuracy, the, the cleaner the audio is, the be- the more accuracy the, the, trans- the script- transcription will be. And then as a result, the mm-hmm. better the, the clipping and tagging will be. So, you know, if it's good video that, that doesn't have a lot of background noise, that the audio is, is clear and, and easy to, uh, to decipher, then absolutely we, you know, we'll, we can index that too. Just uh, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I wanted to ask just one last thing on on th- this topic. There's a lot of audio that um, is out there um, that maybe isn't that conducive to this kind of um, kind of process, like uh, storytelling podcasts. I I think is yep. one um, content that's behind paywalls. Uh, is there something that you see there that um, that that fits with this model? Um, well, I don't, I mean, content behind paywalls, I can't really, I can't do much with, um, unless those, unless those people in Fortnite. Well, yeah, but you're offering sampling, right? Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If, if I, I think the interesting thing is when you talk about scripted podcasts, narrative podcasts, or even some things that live somewhere in the middle, right? Like S town is, is nonfiction, but it's drawing on a lot of narrative elements to put, to, mm-hmm. to put a, a form around that story. Um, same when you look at, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of, you know, obviously the AI does a very good job when it's dealing with very kind of fact driven informational content. Um, but we're looking at a number of different potential segmentation, segmentation strategies so that the AI could say, okay, well, I recognize that this is a fictional podcast. This is a scripted work that's audio and it might devise a different, you know, and, and, you know, we if we can feed enough of that content into the system, and again have it spit out a number of results, and have people say oh, that that was interesting. That was actually a interesting way of clipping out ninety seconds from a scripted podcast. It will devise a rule set around that, and it'll come up with a with a with an algorithm for which to to start clipping and tagging that content. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's right now we have. Essentially, uh, essentially two different strategies in terms of how it clips content, but that could expand to five or six or ten, depending on different situations. Um, you know, we're working on an interview segmentation uh, version of of our segmenting that looks that listens to voices, right? So it's saying, okay, here's the questioner, here's an answer. We should try. It should. It's strategy hey to try to get. We're getting some feedback. I don't know where it's coming from. It's like a scrubbing sound or something. I don't. If someone's. Is that me? 
Might be my oh, it might be my sweater on. Oh, yeah, that's I think it was yeah, I think it was his microphone. Shoot, I yeah. should have said something a little while ago. Okay, go ahead. So yeah, you know the the AI, you know we can we can feed in different types of content and see how it does and, and what sort of solutions it comes up with, um, and essentially say okay, well different rules apply to this kind of content versus that content. Um, but that's um, you know that's that's I think uh, kind of down the road. Um, you know, a, a further down the roadmap in terms of where the AI will be going. But, you know, I think the ultimately the promise of AI, right, is that it has its, it, it develops a, its own rule set and its own set of its own neural network of how to treat different, different, different types of content. So, you know, by that logic, it's kind of just a matter of how much content you feed it and how much feedback you give it in terms of what it does with it. Um, and, Ultimately, it will it will come up with a solution and figure out that you know that the best way to clip out one kind of podcast might be a certain strategy that's different from another kind. All right, hey, we had a question. If it's uh, integrated with Embedly, there's a platform that's weird. Uh, um, no, but okay. again, you know, this is, this is the sort of thing, this is, this is exactly kind of what my role at Audio Burst is, is to talk to content creators and say, okay, well, if, a, if enough people are interested in integrating with Embedly, then let's do it. You know, there, yeah. there's, that's, uh, that's a big part of what I was brought on to do. And I, and I, and I will say, I think, you know, from, um, you know, from my conversations with the CEO of Audio Burst and everyone else who works at Audio Burst, I think, there's a, a, a lot of attention paid on how can we make this, uh, how, how does this benefit the publisher and the content creator? How are we building something that, that, um, that makes this a better, that it makes their lives easier, makes their content more, uh, discoverable, makes it more monetizable. So that's, that's, uh, you know, the, the company is very focused on making podcasts, work you know podcasts and audio content in general work better for its creators one thing we're we are up against time here rob just so you know yeah. we're, we're already at 90 yeah. minutes um before we uh before we kick off here i just want to remind everyone that uh rob just so you know i travel uh and there will be no show next saturday i'm on my way to vegas uh uh yeah. during well, the I am too. okay i am too yeah <laughs> so uh, no show next Saturday because of the NAB. I should say audio, Audioverse will also be there, so huh? come find us at NAB if you're there. Are you up in the podcast pavilion, or what area are you in? I'm not sure. I won't be there. Okay. Uh, I, I, my West Coast counterpart will be there. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. So certainly if you go ahead. email us at info at Audioverse, and we will hook up if you're interested. Awesome. Rob and I both will be at the podcast civilian in South Upper Hall. So if you're uh, if you're going to be in Vegas, stop by and say hello to both of us. And uh, we're going to need all the love we can get because we're in the kind of where they've got a stash. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, stop by and see us. Uh, Rob, any oh by the ways before we get out of here? Not not so much, but I you know to kind of follow up with what you were saying about the NAB, I think we're, we're in the early stages of working with those folks and, and we definitely want to see it succeed. And cause I think as you look to the future, I think that community is pretty important to the growth and development of the podcasting space. 
Um, so, you know, Todd and I and uh, Rob Walsh and the folks from Podbean are going to be down there and we're going to be evangelizing podcasting to the, the broadcasting community. And, and so this has been kind of a multi-year project for all of us. And, and, uh, you know, I know that the NAB wants that, that event to be something that podcasters think of, uh, as, as an important event to the podcasting community, um, outside of just radio people going to this event and so so we we've been working hard to to get this thing uh this relationship with the podcast community and the the national association of broadcasters kind of rock solid and moving in a positive direction so so we're going to be working hard down there in 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 vegas um you know you know a week starting a week from now so so i'm sure you'll be hearing a lot of what's been going on down there um you know in subsequent weeks so yeah, and, and you know, and one thing too is you know this this show uh, we, we you know all the companies have basically made a significant financial investment. It's probably a twenty or twenty five thousand dollars show to do, and uh, you know by the time you get done with airfare, food, hotels, booth costs, you know shipping, everything, it's it's a significant chunk for every company that that goes to this event. And we're really going there to, you know, this time, you know, we, we, we definitely want to generate business out of there to pay for the show. But uh, most of us are going there to wave the flag to help the podcasting space. So um, we'll see how that goes and how we're received. I'm, you know, I think that uh, the future of NAB and, and podcasting, um, we'll, we'll see how this show turns out. I think there's there's a lot riding on it for NAB and for the uh, providers that are going to the event. So, um, you know, just kind of give you a little inside baseball look there of, of at, at what it's going on. I know we worked really, really hard to, uh, over the past month to get the press engaged and also get uh, radio companies, uh, you know, radio stations, GMs, uh, the church leaders, you know, everyone that's involved in the broadcast space, whatever genre they're in, to be aware that hey if you're not doing podcasting already this is what you need to think about um and i hope everyone has gotten a chance if you get a chance go over to powerpresspodcast.com and read the three nab uh pieces that are put out i think if nothing else they give you something to think about um from a content standpoint because it's a, purely what we're trying to do was to get the broadcasters just to say hmm do i need to look at this and if I'm not looking at this, I'm going to be impacted. I think we all know as podcasters that uh, radio has no choice. There's a study that just came out of the BBC that said that they are losing their 16 to 24 age group. The 16 to 24 age group, at least in the UK, um, by the numbers are listening to more digital content than they are all of the BBC content combined on a weekly basis. So, um, so the BBC is seeing the trend and, you know, the BBC has been way ahead of podcasting for years. So, um, you know, radio's got some years left in it, but, uh, it's, it's a ticking time bomb. And we hope that uh, the broadcasters at the event and creators will come by and see us and see what they can do to get, get their shows going. Rob, anything well, to I'm, add? Yeah. Yeah, and we're not standing still, you know, I'm, no. I'm doing three panels at the event on the live stream. Actually, I got Todd and, and, and Rob on the... Yeah, I'm on the, two of those. The NAB yeah. live... Three, I'm on three, um, two, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's called the NAB show live stream. It's yeah. going to be an hour-long 
almost like a panel session talking about the podcasting industry that's going to be live streamed off of the homepage of the nabshow.com. Uh, so, you know, we're down there evangelizing and we're pushing hard down there to try and grow this, this medium. Now, broadcasters are, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're embracing it, but they're mm-hmm. also not really all on board. So right. we're, we're still kind of in the formative stages and, and honestly, the podcast medium is, is still, you know, a fairly new medium. So, you know, these timeframes for starting a new medium like podcasting are multi-decade um, kind of transitions. And I think we're still faced with at least another decade of transition. Uh, but I would say that the next decade is going to be a little perilous for radio unless they, they, they move aggressively quickly. It's going to happen much faster. Yeah, they got 20 years That's left, but it, yeah. it, it's going to go like this. <laughs> or, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think two things. So, you know, podcasting is clearly uh, from a, from a, 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 you know, from a user standpoint and just an entertainment value standpoint has, has given audio a real shot in the arm, right? So you had radio that really kind of settled into some very specific formats that podcasting gave people the opportunity to, to step in and say, okay, well, we're going to try something different that, you know, radio wasn't really predisposed to, to, to experimenting with, right? So, um, in that sense, podcasting has given the audio industry a real shot in the arm and, 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 and brought a lot of renewed interest to something that was seen as kind of real, you know, radio is a real old time kind of media. Um, and then the other thing I'd say is, you know, what we talked about before is 50% of audio listening happens, uh, radio listening happens in the car. And, you know, the, the whole environment of the car and even the home with Alexa type device, sorry, Amazon <laughs> audio devices and other <laughs> Google home devices. Um, you know, the, that's, it's, it's less than 10 years. I think, you know, three to five years, the entire environment's going to change and your car radio is not going to be the same and your home listening, um, you know, as people swap out their stereos for, you know, virtual assistant enabled speakers, um, you know, none of that's going to, the, the entire um, supply chain, that whole, the whole uh, process of discovery and listening to content is going to completely get disrupted. So, and people will naturally go to the kinds of content that they find engaging. And I think the podcast world is doing really interesting boundary pushing types of, you know, content that uh, radio hasn't had the incentive to do. You know, Dan uh, Ford said that they'll have every car, every car that they sell all the way from down the lowest economy vehicle to the top, the highest end vehicle will have uh, mobile in it, embedded in it in 2020. Every vehicle will have. It's truly the battle for like we the battle for the HDMI one plug on our TVs has has been won, and the, and cable is seeing huge declines as people cut the cord and people plug into Roku's or other types of uh, yeah. devices. So the the battle in the car is most of us um, today when we get in our vehicles. The thing that default loads is that FM radio. Um, that in 2020, at least on the Ford side, will absolutely not be the case. It'll be the dashboard interface with Pandora, with Spotify, with podcast, with, and there'll be a selection for radio. And audio burst. And audio burst. There will be, <laughs> there will be a selection for radio, but it's not going to be on that by default. And that tick tock, tick tock, tick tock 
Yeah. And those those dashboards are going to make a direct connection to the internet too. Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's the other part of this that you know I know many in the podcasting space have said, well, the car is just a smart speaker or just a Bluetooth speaker, and I think that's that's not the model of the future. That's that's just a transitionary step. These cars are going to be connected to the internet at all times. And if if, um, if yeah. Ford was smart, they would just bake the cost, the lifetime cost of that internet connection into the cost of the vehicle. And, and they, and, or, and I think or obviously to some degree they are. Yeah. 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 And, or offset that cost with what they realize is, you know, a, a big, what, what they've never participated in is when you turn that radio on and listen to an ad, they've never gotten a dime of any of the advertising that they're enabling. It's happening That's in right. their vehicle. Yeah. It's happening through their car radio. And I think they see all of this as an opportunity to say, okay, well, if we reconfigure the way the, the radio works, can we now can insert ourselves into that, into the, the advertising um, chain here and, and participate in, in that whole monetization process. Amen. And that, that's, that's, that's the biggest motivator at all for them. That's a big 10 hour discussion right there. So anyway, <laughs> um, Dan, uh, how can they reach you? Um, I am at Dan at audioburst.com. I'm also on, uh, Twitter at Dan, at Dan Sacker, S-A-C-H-E-R. And, uh, yeah, ping me, email me. I'm, I'd love to hear from content creators and answer questions. And as I said, keep improving what Audioburst does to make it a better tool for podcasters and content creators. Rob? Uh, it can be found, uh, Rob at voxnest.com or Rob at Spreaker.com, uh, on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee with two E's. Um, uh, definitely. I, I post a lot about podcasting over there. <laughs> and of course, Todd at blueberry.com or at geek news on Twitter. And again, stop see us at NAB show. It's been a pleasure to be with you this day or whatever you're listening to the show on demand, maybe evening or morning, but everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the new media show. Everyone take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much guys. Bye.